With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7, Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob, this is it. The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame ass play where I run down field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you gonna get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money, money. Yeah. yummy for me, bottle key, poppin' that water Welcome into episode 140 of 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush and Adam Luckett. We did the rare one week off. We took spring break just like the Kentucky football team did, and maybe the Kentucky basketball team did too. Uh, but we're back in action. The Cats have practiced three times this week. They're going to get another one in Thursday, that, or excuse me, Saturday, that I believe will be kind of like a scrimmage of sorts at the Krogue. Um, Adam Luck will be there for that. I was at, there afterwards for the previous two, so we've got a lot to discuss. And lucky we've got some good news. We've got some bad news. And I think in these situations, you, you typically start with the bad news before you get to the good news. Yeah, but before I need to ask you, um, since you're a radio head now, mm-hmm. Mr. Roush, have you mentally prepared yourself in the past week for uh, a basketball season on the hot seat? No. Potential no. hot seat. No, no. And, and I'm not going to lie. I like it. I, so it's like for me, like, like I'll be candid. I love this job, but at the end of the day, it's my job. Um, I try to unplug and I'm pretty good at it. Like not to say that I don't care that Kentucky lost like I do, but like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me the way that it bothers some people, but for two hours a day, in the morning, my God, like it, it, it legitimately had me in a bad mood for like three days because I was just feeling that negative energy. It was just like hanging on me. It was hanging on my shoulders. It was bringing me down, but I got a good night's sleep now, uh, the last Tuesday and Wednesday night. I'm ready to watch more basketball on Thursday and, and get, get back up off the, you know, get back up on the high horse yeah. and uh, watch Duke lose a basketball game. I'm very excited. Well, for that. Yeah. We've just had a good run here and, um, we're hitting some bumps in the road. Obviously, this is football podcast, and we're going to get on football here. And you can hear all the other sources say for all your basketball talk. Right, right. But yeah, obviously, I was just, I was just interested because we have, you know, obviously on the football side, we've had the scare of potential coaches leaving for right. what would some would say better opportunities. But mm-hmm. you haven't really had, you know, when Stoops went through his rocky moment, it was before I was really doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't a talking head at that point, I don't think. Right. So I was still, I was still a young pup in the game. Right. The so part. yeah, I just, just, I just, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that um, because yeah, you all, you all will not have any. Well, it's going to make summer radio better. 
Well, better is a loose term because the thing is, is like most of the, the well easier takes, for easier for you. That's true. Less prep. Um, but like the hot takes are going to stay the same and they're just going to be more outrageous. Yeah, so, I mean, it's July 12th. What do we want to talk about? Let's talk about Calipari and how, how the fan base feels about him. It's just going to be an easy <laughs> low hanging fruit for you. But yeah, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I haven't enjoyed it thus far because like I'm also in the minority too, where I'm not like, like, you know, yeah. if you look at college basket, if you look big picture, college basketball coaches, they get bounced early throughout their careers. They hit rough patches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not just what it what happened last week. I don't think is like if this happened in 2016. I don't think we're. Yeah, it's it's the seven years of drought, like from a final yeah, four. It's like just, it's uh, it's like a it's a slow build, and then now we have something that we can all blows. point to and be mad at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the body blows are wearing down. Um, but you know what though? Some people are built for them. Mark Stoops. He's built for those body blows. You know, he takes them. He keeps punching right back, um, and he, he he drinks some some William Tar along the way. I notice he's he's even got his own uh, citrus bowl bottle, and it's so weird to I see him too. doing like non JMI ads, um, but like him and Cash are are pimping out like a citrus bowl, which is also odd that Cash is pimping it out because like Cash didn't play on the team; he played on but on the other citrus bowl team. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. Um, he's gonna help him sell some bottles there. He's yeah, getting his post post nil on post name image likeness. Didn't get to participate right in his playing days, but now post playing days taking advantage. Yeah, and that is one of the things that they can't promote is booze. Even if you are drinking it, right. nil, you can't do uh, you you can't promote booze. So yeah, unfortunately, uh, we can't get you know some old old uh, red shirt six year senior. Uh, doing Bud Light commercials, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, doing it at the local bar at whatever in Iowa City. We can't have whoever's Iowa's left guard can't be doing commercials. Yeah, there, or we can't have the the Red Man sponsor for the offensive line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, we can't have more Vito Tisdale talk. Um, Luckett, he had been a very fun topic of conversation this offseason, talking about experimenting with him out at cornerback. Um, but unfortunately, uh, his season is likely coming to an end well before it was even set to start. Uh, uh, it, like it, it was one of those things too that uh, I, I, you know, we caught a little wind of it early. I kept trying, like I was, I was hitting up all of my people trying to, hey, what's the deal with Vito? You heard what, what, what's going right. on here? And then Matt broke the story that Vito has in fact torn his ACL and his meniscus. Um, Stoops confirmed that news today on Thursday and said that they expect him to miss the season. They're waiting for the swelling to go down before he can have surgery. Um, it's, you know, it's football. Injuries happen. Uh, there was two last spring of note. Derek Jackson and uh, Cleveland Thomas both had, quote-unquote, season enders. Surprisingly, the knee kept Thomas out for the year, but the Achilles of Jackson, he was able to come back and play in the last three games. And just, then you had um, Keaton Upshaw right before the season started. Yeah, he was in the summer, tore his peck. Um, so it's really disappointing. And I think I think what's what's even more disappointing is like it you you can find some guys to to play his position, but you can't you don't really have a guy that I mean he was kind of like your Mike Edwards, and I know they didn't like to be compared to one yeah. another. Um, but he he played with instincts and he brought a pop. He he brought those momentum swinging plays that you're just not going to be able to replicate from somebody else on the defense. Uh, for me, it's more just the overall depth of the position. We already knew cornerback was pretty thin. Head, <clears throat> excuse me, heading into the year. Um, and then at safety, now you learn Vito's out and Todd Dotson is not practicing. Mm -hmm. um, this has kind of been a theme throughout Todd Dotson's career. Um, he's been injured a lot. That's why we haven't really seen him on the field. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a major concern. So now you're looking like, what do you know you can depend on this year? You know, you've got, you know, Asian back, Jalen Geiger, Carrington Valentine. That's really it. And then you're hoping Andrew Phillips here, who's kind of been the front runner of surprise of the year here in spring ball. And so, yeah, they're, they're, there's huge depth. That to me is the overall concern. Like, I think they're obviously like, if, I think they're going to be fine once they add a guy from the transfer portal. 
Um, but Vito just, I mean, it eliminates all your depth, kind of vaporizes. Like, because like you said, he could have probably played that nickel and then maybe played safety, maybe played some corner. They could have used him in multiple spots. So it just kind of evaporates your depth there. And so that is a real big concern, I think, right. regarding the secondary heading into the season. And I'm to the point now where they, I almost think they have to get two guys from the portal, one a cornerback and then one maybe a guy who can play some of that safety stuff. Well, and that's where Kedron Smith kind of – he can be that, that – Yeah, he makes more sense now, I right, think. Right, um, Because he, he has some versatility in him. He's done a little bit of corner and a little bit of that nickel safety um, spotted on this. Um, but I, I think you're right. And it, at least the timing is on Kentucky's side, unlike with Upshaw where it just happened right before the season. You know, you, you, there's nothing really you can do about it. You, you had depth there anyway. Um, but at least in this case, like last year when DJack went down, you go out and luckily John Summerall coached a guy who wasn't necessarily happy with how things were going at Ole Miss. You had the perfect fit. The timing was right. Jacquez Jones leads the team in tackles and has two touchdown. He, he has the final pass breakup against Florida. He had a big one in getting in that Chattanooga scare, um, he 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 exceeded any sort of expectations, and I don't know if you can ask to get somebody like that right now, but at least you have that option where you otherwise would. Yeah, and it's also like I think Vito. We all know the potential he has. He's got all SEC, NFL draft type potential, but it's also not the most important position on the defense. The strength of this defense is going to be those two playing those two edge guys together and being able to do multiple things with them. If you're into like. Uh, scheme schematics at all you need to go back and listen to Mark Stoops today um, because he kind of talked about how they match up against 11 personnel mm -hmm. how they've kind of how they can play in base um, just depending how they can drop into zone with their guys um, when they put face some spread formations um, so if you're into that at all you should go back and listen to his press conference today so go take check out the KSR YouTube page um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's really the strength of the defense. And then, like, you can't really lose Carrington Valentine because he's your only no. commodity at corner. So, you got – so, from that aspect, and then I don't think you want to lose Square, who's kind of the heart and soul of your defense there in the middle. Um, and so, from that aspect, and Vito is still young. He's got a redshirt year available. He's going to be back. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be back. But, yeah, and I, you know, I think – But the, it obviously stings because um, – I mean, he's a player most fans know on the outskirts. Everybody kind of knows who he is. Big hitter. Reverse. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, he's a popular player. Uh, so, well, and, and I and think the, for as far as growth wise, too, lucky, like he got half a, he had basically his entire offseason and half a season taken from him while right. they were doing all the investigation stuff. And then this was going to be his spring to kind of play catch up for the lack of a better term. And then that gets taken away again. It, it kind of reminds me. Yeah, and he's me probably going to miss next spring, too, recovering from the injury. It, it, from that aspect, from a development standpoint, you are worried a little bit because he's missed he's missed a lot of steps here. It's kind of like Pascal where, you know, he comes back from cancer. But, like, it, it really takes you, like, to where you're able to play. It was like them talking about J.J. Weaver last year. He, he was never 100%. Like, he was able to play, but he wasn't the same J.J. Same thing with Josh where – it really took him a full season right. to, to get his feet back underneath him. And even though you hope that's not the case, it, it probably is because that, that's what makes Vito so unique is his, his pop, you know, mm -hmm. his suddenness, his explosiveness. Right, right. And he's just – he can do multiple things at kind of that nickel position. He can blitz. He can be a, a good force player and run support. He can do some coverage stuff, obviously. Um, so that that is – and he's a momentum shifting type of player because yes. of that big hit ability. He, you know, he's every time he tackles somebody, he's got a legit shot at forcing a fumble, forcing a pass breakup that could maybe lead to an interception. Man, uh, people can't see this because I haven't been putting the shows on YouTube. Yeah, I, didn't, I thought you were doing it's a magic a pain trick in the ass. No, well, I've got this stupid. We have this giant like window behind me at KS office. And the glare was bugging me. So it's like, oh, let me wash my camera off. And I've only smudged it, made it work. So, <laughs> like, it, you're just going to be seeing a street. It also, the, the light behind me makes me show just how disgusting and filthy my screen is on my computer. For as much as I'm on this darn thing, I need to clean it more often. It's it's filthy. Yeah, I'm, right there. Filthy. I'm not, I'm not, 
Mine needs a good bath too. Not gonna <laughs> lie. So Vito, like that loss, it stinks. Like there's really no good way to spin it. Um, it's it's bad news. It's bad news. But I, I think to get to the good news, aside from the timing aspect of it. I don't know how much medium, you know, they kind of plan to go to more three, four kind of base looks. We talked about that on our last eleven personnel. Uh, but here, here's where it also is bad is in the spring bucket, they don't have any other outside linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing to, uh, Tommy Wa. Uh, I think you just call him Tommy. Uh, yeah, Brad White also had a thing today was pretty much how I took it. It's like he's not playing this position, but <laughs> we just- need a body. <laughs> and he's going to redshirt anyway. So we're just, he's, you know, taking one for the team yeah. right now. He's like, you know, Josh did it. It worked out well for him, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, they're just kind of doing this because they have to, because yeah. right now there, there are only two outside linebackers on the roster um, until you get Fearbury and uh, the kid from Tennessee. And now I can't think of the way. Keaton Wade, Wade and then Noah Matthews as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll get three bodies in there. Uh, but as of now, it's like, all right, we're going to do more 3-4 without Vito, uh, except we only have two linebackers. Well, well let's do a little medium. Um, but I guess some of the good news is, you know, Joel Williams, who will play that medium spot. He was a former four-star player. And you love what you saw from him in high school. If he can play catch-up like some of those other guys did during the spring, then you at least really like the, the talent you have there at that medium position. Well, just – Joel Williams and Andrew Phillips together here, both class of 2020. Like, Nick, if you go and watch their high school tape, like, they had really good high school tape. They looked like the guys that were going to be players here. For whatever reason, it's just they're entering year three and they hadn't made an impact yet. But I think the tools are there. I mean, if they can get that light to come on for both those kids, both those guys can be, I think, quality starters for Kentucky. And really, overall, I think that recruiting class, this is a really big year for them. Year mm-hmm. three, they've kind of been hung out to dry by that 2019 class. Right. Because there's nothing there. I mean, I, we went, I wrote th- something on the transfer portal today, all the guys that left, and it's pretty much – I mean, it feels like it was the entire 2019 class. It's just deuces after three years. Um, and a lot of them didn't – went a level below. Um, so a lot of misses in that class. So you're really leaning a lot on 2020 class. Like, like there's no one at tackle from 2019. So they've had to lead. They're leaning on Flax and Buford, who both out of the class of 2020, right? There's at cornerback. There's you know no one in 2019 at corner. So they're leaning on Andrew Phillips to maybe you know be a player need him, need him now. Um, so there was just like some misses there, and it. it, it it kind of dresses up the importance of this 2020 class. I mean, you look at defense, Josiah Hayes, Justin Rogers, Ox, Ripka, Carrington Valentine, Andrew Phillips, potentially, um, Joel Williams. Before yeah. that, Vito Tisdale. I mean, it's – yeah. They need, they need those guys to produce this year, and they, like they, they need to start living up to that that recruiting ranking this year. Yeah. It needs to start now, this year. Year three has to, has to be now. The good news is that kind of what we had heard stuff we'd been hearing from practice was backed up by what Stoops was saying, and particularly with Drew Phillips. Um, you know, if I don't know how many of you all have ever had the pleasure of uh, getting to go to a Kentucky football practice, but during individual periods, Stoops is with the, the corners and safety. Like that, that's what he does. He, he's with the DBs whenever they're in individual work, and he, he really thinks he. He said, yeah, Drew's Drew's doing what we need him to do and has really stepped up. And um, I know, uh, like, just speaking, you know, with John Hill before practices, he would kind of say, you know, my hot takes, Carrington Valentine's actually going to end up being pretty good this year. And Stoops echoed that sentiment as well. So you could have some some quality production there at cornerback. Like you, like you talked about with Phillips. We, we hadn't seen it, but that if he can make up for that lost time, physicality he brings like he has the you know i I hate to be redundant he he has the stuff there let's set a baseline here okay like carrington valentine at worst you could feel pretty good about him being like your third rotational corner at worst but at at best he could probably be a good sec starter Mm -hmm. andrew phillips at worst he's a rotational piece that you feel iffy about at best 
he can kind of be your second, you know, starting cornerback. So you like, it's not like you're throwing, you, you know, a total donkey out there. Right. I think right now. Um, so you feel somewhat comfortable with them, but not super comfortable. And so it, it comes down to what you, but that kind of sets your foundation when you're portal shopping, you got to get, we need guys who are going to be better than this. Um, and you also have to decide like from an eligibility standpoint, do you want a one year rental like Kedron Smith? Do you want to just plug this hole this year and then figure it out next year? Or do you want a guy that you can maybe get for two years and be a starter for you? Um, so it gives you more time to kind of backfill the room. Um, so you kind of have to figure out there, but they have to, I mean, it's non-negotiable at this point. Like you've got to get a cornerback from the portal. You just have right. to. Yeah. Like it, Elijah Reed and Andre Stewart, if they were, we would have heard about them by now if they were pushing for anything, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, they seem like your developmental kind of, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. that, that three-star recruits, uh, that's fine. There were, I mean, that's kind of, mm-hmm. they're kind of on track. Um, but you got to go, you got to get some guys in the portal. Now, Nick, here recently, Florida State had a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, he entered today. He was a quality player. I don't have his name off the top of my head. Um, and then Auburn had a guy, uh, listen, six foot four, 200 pound corner, junior college, all American. If that doesn't sound like a Mark Stoops cornerback, <laughs> I don't know what is. I would be shot. I mean, at this point, like he fits the bill. He played a little bit for Auburn last year, just played over 100 snaps. Jarvis Brownlee is the Florida State cornerback's name. But he played over 100 snaps. Um, Roe Torrance is the guy from Auburn. I mean, he, 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 played, he had a very good bowl game. I don't know really what happened there, but that's kind of what, you know, we, we heard Snoops talk today about height. They need more height at corner. Like, I would be very surprised if they don't at least reach out and try to see what's there. With him, especially the 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 big Jew. He checks a lot of the boxes that they've succeeded with, you know. Right, right. No, you're definitely right. I um, yeah. In 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 following the injury, I I really do think that it probably is going to be two guys because you can't have what happened last year. Right now, you kind of need like one of those little tweener safeties um, that can maybe play some nickel, play some deeper safe deep safety. Um, those guys are going to be easier to find than your outside cornerbacks because mm-hmm. they're just more safeties. Uh, they, right. They're going to be able to find somebody there. I feel pretty confident. Cornerback is really the concern because if you go and now the transfer portal is new, so you kind of got to take it year by year. But last year, Nick, if you go and look at the corners that transferred, there weren't a lot of good ones. You know, so like right, this, right. this might like this is kind of a position. If you're good, you're playing and you're playing pretty soon at your school. Yeah, yeah, and. Before we get too off the beaten path with corners, I did just want to mention too, like you you talked about that 2020 class earlier. This is this is the spring for them. Um, and Justin Rogers kind of talked about it today. And I, I think the the two years, especially in the defensive line, because that was what that we really touted that group for their defensive line play. A lot of that comes down to the just knowing the type of strain and wear and tear that it takes on those yeah. guys. Um, and and Ro- Rogers looks felt today. I got to tell you, yeah. he, 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 he looked like he's in good shape now. Hayes saw him walking around. Like these guys look like they're in the shape to finally play it there. And I think the, the one that might be most important and luckily he's got somebody pushing him is, is Trayvon Ripka because that that's a guy he's like, Stoops is like, really, it just comes down to just, you get banged up a lot in there. You need to have the strength. You need to have the size to be able to do it consistently. This is a huge, huge spring for all of those guys. Ultimately, I think Ox is going to be the the kind of leader of the group, the vocal guy, because that's just that's he, he it suits him very well. That's who he was coming out of high school too. That was a rep for him. Yeah. So now it's just a matter of making sure that everybody that that no one gets left behind. Um, and, and like I. I, I the the set the thing is is we we aren't going to know if we can see it or not uh, right away but it is certainly the most imperative thing you can get out of it is is the stuff we can't see in the spring practice and that's developing that talented group of young defensive linemen to to live up to the hype yeah you got to go back to like checkpoints in their career too Nick like obviously they hit the checkpoint as in their high school profiles. Then they most of them played as freshmen, Rodgers and Hayes specifically. 
Um, they flashed last year. They became, at, at bare minimum, they were average, like, role players, I think, mm-hmm. in the SEC. Um, and then at times they flashed and made plays, both Rodgers, Hayes, Ripka, Ox. All of them made plays in SEC games last year. And so now it's another year putting it all together, strengthen numbers with that group, along with those two edge players on the outside. Like, that is – that's got that with linebackers in between. That that's where the strength of the defense is. Like that's who, that's who's got to be the strength. They they've got to stuff the run and they've got to generate pass rush, um, both interior and exterior. That's where they're really gonna f- make their money this this year on defense. That's where they're really gonna get stops, make plays. Is from that it's from that group on the line. And so I think there's a lot to get really excited about with those guys. Third year in the system, all those guys have tools. Um, all those guys can play in the NFL. And there's just a lot to get excited about. And if they, you know, they start to turn that corner like you're talking about, um, Kentucky can all of a sudden you look up, they have maybe one of the best defensive fronts. I mean, it could be top 10, top 15 in the country, I think, if everything hits. Man, I, um, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. Even though we don't have football to watch for all, we are – uh, just a little bit over two weeks away from the spring game. So, yeah, a- April 9th, we will actually get to watch this football team. And we're going to see the new look UK offense. Now, look at, I don't know how much we're going to see, but we did. We have gotten some really good reviews from the defense, the team who has to go up against them. Uh, Jacquez Jones uh, joked that you're going to think a coach is going to be running a crossing route. There's so many dudes running across the middle of the field. Um, but also the way that they, I think there's enough versatility in this run game, the way they fit the run as much as we made last year about Kentucky's ability to pass everything, all indications early on from Rich Scangarello's offense is that, holy hell, it's going to be awfully hard to defend the run against this team. Yeah, that's kind of the 49ers Shanahan staple for these last few years is just how they've been able to scheme up the run game and really um, carve up some defenses in a league where it's extremely difficult to run the football. And so seeing that on a college level, what they can do, obviously is very exciting. Um, I'm interested to see kind of, you know, obviously Rodriguez is the bell cow, but how they, how they yeah. you know, zig to his zag with Jutah McLean or Cavassier Smoke, or even if Lavelle Wright makes a push, mm-hmm. how they get – like, they, they're going to be – like, Tavian Robinson did a lot of run stuff at Virginia Tech. Well, Jet and sweeps. You, you put in Barry and Brown, too. Like, yeah. You know. Tavian Robinson and Barry and Brown, both quarterback like, experience in high school. Um, so, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of – I'm just very interested to see how he kind of designs all this up. Um and then use it like the tight ends are obviously a big talking point. Um, we go back to Stoops's coordinator press conference, and we he gets asked about fullback our guy Lonnie in there. <laughs> um, he says we're not going to use much two back running game, and it sounds like, well they can sounds like that's what it's going to be. I mean they, they'll call it twelve personnel, but <laughs> second tight end is going to be a. Oh, Stoops is going to make sure that it's called 12 personnel when he's recruiting right. and when he's selling yeah, you, it. But Right. Well, if you go and watch the 49ers, that's what they did. It was a lot of two-back outside zone. Uh, and then and they designed everything off of that, and they run some counters and all that stuff that you can run off off of that, that outside zone look and come well, back and, and run trap and do all kinds of crazy stuff. The thing that I like about it, too, is like I feel like the ha- having that extra blocker out there can <clears> – <throat> I don't want to say erase mistakes, but can help. I think Rodriguez is most difficult part. He has great vision in between the tackles, but knowing when to cut back and when to hit the hole, I feel like the fullback can kind of, if you have a smart guy right there, can kind of help pave the way for him in that regard. Um, yeah, it's just uh, that's that position is just, it's very unique. Um, it's not as simple as get linebacker, go hit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, it's it's a unique position. So, finding somebody to do that, um, there's not a lot of them. They're dying breed, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Kentucky's kind of trying to translate someone there. I think Brendan Bates, to me, intrigues me um, in kind of a role like that. 
So I'm, I'm interested to see how he does it. And I think this offense is going to have – it's definitely going to have its wrinkles, I think, um, from from what they did last year. Um, because they're, they're going to – I think they're going to have a good blend of being able to run the ball, play action game, really hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited to see Levis in more true drop back passing. Because um, that's really the step he needs to take for the next level is being able to – it's third and eight. I'm in the gun. We're dropping back and we're passing and I'm going to – you know, I'm going to slice up this uh, cover three you're running or cover two. And that's really what you want to see from him. And then uh, because if they can get that drop pack passing game going, Nick, then you're then that's where the explosiveness comes from. And that's what mm-hmm. we talked about last year. Like they were good, but they weren't super explosive. And so if you can get a little bit more explosive, then it becomes kind of a picker poison. And then they become, you know, hard to guard using a Jimmy Dykes term. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, um, I I do think that, like, obviously we're not going to see a ton of this in the spring game. We're not going to, you know, get an onslaught of diversity in, in, in the game. But I, I do think that um, – I, I forgot what game it was last year that Liam talked about struggling to scheme up some – like they're going to start, they, they struggle to scheme up the run game in, in, a, in a couple of those. I don't, I don't think that's, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case with, with Rich. And you might see a little bit more specific personnel stuff for different players, kind of like how we saw more McLean running outside zone at the end of the year. Um, but just from, you know, to, to kind of go back to more encouraging news we got on, on players at camp, it, it was good to hear some positive reports on Dane key. I feel like lucky yeah. he's a guy that he's, we he's slept play. Yeah. We, we, we slept on key. We did. And that's probably because he, he'd been recruited for so long that by the time he committed, it was like, all right, on to the next one. And then you get on to Barry and Brown and you count a good one. And some of those other guys that really went down to the wire, but uh, you know, no, no offense to the, the kid at, that was thrown for Douglas, but this is to be the first time that he's had a, a weapon to really get him the ball. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that he's making the most of his, his early opportunities where he's really picking up on the offense and he's using his length to his advantage. Um, you know, they talked about his catch radius, like he's got some length. He's got, he's got those tools like it. And it's, it's good to hear that he's picked up on the offense and isn't shying away from making early plays. Yeah, he's living up to his billing so far. Like he's going to be a pretty good player here. He's going to play this year, probably pushing Chris Lewis a good amount. Uh, one guy we haven't really heard about that I've, I'm kind of curious about is Dekel, because of that that deep speed he has as a vertical field stretcher. Very interested to see how he's coming off that knee injury, um, because he could kind of be a little bit of a secret weapon for them, I think. Because he's got an obvious skill set that they that they need, um, they need a vertical threat, mm-hmm. and if he can become that, that could open up the offense even more. Especially like we talk about on some of the, you know, some of the deep crossers and stuff you can do mm-hmm. off of off of this outside zone play action. Because then you can create you know yak opportunities, run after catch, yards after catch, get him the ball in space, and then that's where that speed be- can become really dangerous. Oh man. Uh, it's it, the, the offense is going to be good. Like we we can talk. We're going to have fun talking about it. But they're going to be effing good on offense. And if they right. fix the turnover issue and they create, and if Levis takes a step forward, but you know, bare minimum, you know, it's thirty five points on the scoreboard per per night. I would I would project as. All right. Well, like it. Here's here's where I'll do the counterpoint, and I'm going to put on my. I'm going to put on my big J hat. I'm going to be journalist for the athletic, our favorite, David Ubin, who loves <laughs> I, Kentucky. I read that today. I knew you were going – I just – I, I kind of <laughs> set that up for you because I knew you were going – I almost said it right there, and I was like, no, he's probably got this teed up. No, but yeah, go ahead. I, I, I took the bait, but Ubin was asked in his mailbag post, he is the SEC writer for the athletic who loves to not talk about Kentucky in the SEC. He got asked about Kentucky's offense. Will it take a step forward or backward? And he brought up a lot of numbers – discussing how well Kentucky's offensive line created things for him, and he just doesn't see them being able to take a step forward while filling holes on offensive line. Well, like, how do you counterpoint the 
the arguments made by our favorite little big J over the athletic. My only thing would be here that Kentucky's got guard center guard could be as good as anybody in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Rodriguez by trade is an inside zone power running back in between the tackles. That's kind of where he thrives. I think they they'll be just like he can yawn and run for twelve hundred yards. <laughs> I think running the balls they're going to be fine. That's kind of their mo as a program. Um, they're bringing in a guy who comes from the best um, schemed up running game in the NFL. I think they're going to be just fine running the ball. I get the concern because you have like, I mean they've lost a lot of star power. Obviously, mm-hmm. when, you, when you look at you know you lose Drake Jackson, you lose Darian Kennard. You lose like you Landon Young, all of that, Darryl Rosenthal. Um, but I think there's enough there. Like if Jeremy Flax is a starter, Nick, and he's like ready to roll, that's 355 pound Mauler. Like him and Manning could be on that right side, and that's 700 pounds of mowing down coming at you on double teams. Like that, that that's gonna they're gonna create some hashtag movement at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I think they're going to – learning game is, you know, my biggest concern with this offense is just, like I said, the drop-back passing game. Um, they were so wide receiver one heavy with Wandell last year. Especially the young down. Are the young guys ready to come up um, and really kind of – can we – do we see more of a strength in numbers? Are they ready to be more of a strength in numbers uh, from a passing attack um, this year? And that, that's really – the concern there, but like if they find the ver- a vertical field, legit vertical field stretcher that they can beat teams over top with, so teams have to play them for that, have to tilt the field for, for to to defend against that big arm Levis has. Um, and then you combine that with the run game and what they're going to do to defenses from a horizontal horizontal standpoint, from running the ball but coming back at you with play action, all that stuff. They're just going to be hard to stop. Like as long as Scangarello is not a dud, which I highly doubt right. he is as a play caller. They're going to put points on the board. They're going to be hard to stop this year. I mean, it's just – they got an NFL quarterback. They've got an NFL system, and they've got a good offensive line. Like, the core of their offensive line inside is going to be good. I have no – zero – little to zero doubts. Guard, center, guard, they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, and you you mentioned Landon Young. Shout-out to Landon. He's a, he's going to be a dad here soon. So, big-time shout-out. hope he gets that Neil. The knee healed up. Um, and Taron Armstead leaving, I think, unless they sign somebody here, they're the Saints. Like, Landon, if he gets healthy, he's going to have a legit shot to be a starter next nice. year for them. For Jameis. God, yeah. I can't wait to watch Jameis workout videos. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Um, but you mentioned the, the guard center guard. Uh, Jacquez Jones, uh, he, he gave us a couple nicknames today that I otherwise did not know. Um, he – he calls Tayshawn Manning Little Fridge because, but he, he looks like just a regular fridge. I don't know why you got to call him Little Fridge. Like, he's freaking enormous. He's like, yeah, once that dude gets his hands on you, it's over with. He is, I, uh, it's, it's astounding. Absolutely astounding. Just from the, the waist up. My God, that dude is a tank. Getting that guy rolling downhill. That's significant. I thought it was significant that Horsey said he hasn't been playing any tackle. Um, I think that's, that's, good news. that's good news. Yeah. Um, you know, they haven't had to break the glass in case of emergency yet. They like him at guard. And that's actually the, the best for him moving forward as well. Um, so, love to hear that. Um, and then there was one other thing that I'm blanking on because, man, what did I blank on? Oh, the other nickname, um, Jamarius Dinkins. He's just Spider. Just call him Spider. <laughs> Is I don't that know. Like, like long arms or something? I, I, I don't know. He just – his name – his Instagram name when he got to UK was Spider. Uh, um, so, like, maybe they just did that because yeah. it's easier than Jamarius. I don't know. But, like, it's to the point where he he just mentioned his name as Spider, and we were like, who are you talking about? And he's like, no, no, it's it's Spider. Like, that's that, that's just his name. It's like whenever – I think it was Square who forgot uh, Kelvin Joseph's name. He's like, um, you know, uh, Fats. What, what, what's – like they just they had yeah. no idea what his real name yeah. was. I love that. Love it so much. When you, you yeah. get a nickname that's so good, you don't even know your real name. Right. Um, spider is a good name. It's more of like a. I see Spider Rico. Whenever I hear Spider, that's some a guy named Spider. That's what I think. Of. The first you first Rocky, Spider Rico. Oh, I was thinking of breaks Rocky's nose, or like he breaks a, Spider Rico's nose. One of the. I other. was thinking more of like 
he would be a dude on like, do you remember the the and one mixtape tour video game Street Hoops? Yeah. It would be like the spider would be like the really good point guard defender that couldn't shoot but had awesome handles and would just pick yeah. your pocket all day. Yeah. That's spider. That. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as we're on the big ball, big blue wall, Nick, like Horsey and Scangarello's comments on Tuesday really stuck out to me. It's kind of like, and here's what my take on it. Um, Schlarman built something here special, and I think it means a lot to a lot of those guys. Um, and there's a huge pride factor with that. And they're not letting that thing slide. Yeah. Oh, you know? the four is very high with that group. Like, And then you get, like, I think that's when, you know, we got to see how Yenzer does, obviously, as a recruiting standpoint and coaching mm-hmm. development and all that. But there's a lot of, like, They've inherited a great situation, and there, there's a lot of pride in that room to keep keep it up. And I don't think as long as Horsey and those guys are there, Eli Cox, I don't think that's going to slide too far. Who's to say that they can't be better at pass pro this year too? You know, well, that was best. That was the best thing Manning did. If you go and watch him on tape at Auburn, and and I know so they're you team up they're, him and Horsey. That's that's going to be that's there won't be a better pass protection duo. Um, of guards in the SEC. Now, Cox, that's where he struggled a little bit. Um, so, we, but the center is a little easier to hide. Right. You have getting, a lot, usually you're or, helping it, or you're it, getting helped with a nose. Right. 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 So, um, the, so tackle obviously a big, big factor there. But, but that was Kennard's but, weakness, you know, like that's yeah. why he's not going to so, be a first round pick. Well, and you can also scheme around some stuff too, Nick. And that's what I thought Scandarella also talked about in his press conference, um, like playing the player strengths. And, you know, there's stuff you can – like if they're if they're really good at running, you know, kind of the inside zone, we'll, we'll do some of that stuff. We're not going to – we're going to play to the strengths here. And you can scheme around. You can move the launch point. You don't have to be total five and seven-step drops, um, letting them tee off on your quarterback. You can do some different stuff, move the pocket and all that. And that's why the balance is so important. When you can do that, it keeps defenses. They can't just zone in on one thing. Love the phrase, move the pocket. It just – yeah, I don't know what it is about it. It's just a great football phrase. Um, whew, man, there's a lot of spring yeah, football thought. Like, offense, I just – there's a ton of reasons to get excited. They still have to figure out tackle and all that. You get – you know, Tyler Steen just visited. And I was doing some digging. God, Nick. that guy's huge I'm, too. By the I'm way, I'm trying to get a little more. Uh, His dad I mean, was enormous too. Yeah, There's a heard. big, big family. Yeah, I was trying <laughs> to get some more Alabama scoop, but like Nick, you look at how Alabama's recruited here at offensive tackle in these last few classes. Like class of 2021, J.C. Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer were both top ten prospects, the two best tackles in the class. Yeah, like why would he? They go got there? another five star in the class before. What? What? I have a conspiracy theory. Okay, Galaxy okay. Brain Luckett's been thinking. <gasps> Ooh, is Wolford doing this just to take a jab at Kentucky? Hmm. Is how it ended. Maybe he's he doesn't like being talked down to. Maybe maybe he wants an older guy because he don't want to throw a bunch of young guys in there. But Alabama, they don't need another. They don't need a Tyler Steen. They, as much as Kentucky, they, I mean, that if he's if they're bringing him in, that that's a sign that those five stars probably aren't as good. Because they want them to be, and in the past, Nick, they have played these young guys like Evan Neal, mm-hmm. Jedrick Wills. All mm-hmm. these guys played pretty early in their Cam Robinson. All yeah. these guys played early at Alabama, and these two guys, year two, you telling me one of these guys is going to be their starting left tackle? Or a dude who is at Vandy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tyler yeah. Steen's a solid tackle, but he's just—I would say he's from SEC average. He's probably just a little bit above average. He's not, you know, he's not going to win all SEC or get any all SEC honors, but he's going to be dependable for you, and you can play him at left tackle, which are the hardest ones to find. Telling you too, from from UK standpoint, they're treating it like it's personal between. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't doubt it. (laughs) I mean, supposed to go. So I'm trying to ask around. I'm trying to ask around. I feel like, are they really going to do that? Like, are they really going to take a Vandy transfer here when they've got these like these NFL guys after a year in the system? I. That seems a little weird to me. Uh, now there, there's also the LSU recruitment, and it, LSU people don't even they don't even think Kentucky's in the mix. So this has been a weird recruitment to get a read on. Yeah. Um, so very interested to see how this plays out. But it sounds like we're getting pretty close to that finish line for that recruitment. It's a huge recruitment for Kentucky. Just just get a guy and then plug and play. 
and then you just have to figure out right tackle and then you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, and I, I would imagine that we would know something probably about the spring game if Steen's visit scheduled to take place this weekend. So would imagine hearing something in the, the near future um, coming from Steen. I know there's a lot of guys on campus. Like this is where you get some high-volume recruits coming in like it where – you have the four-star guy come in, but he also brings three of his teammates and then mom and dad. And so there's a lot of people on campus. Uh, Zach Gagan's been doing a great job of keeping tabs and all the big names like Sadiq Clements, who was there, uh, James Hurd, the Pittsburgh linebacker, and then Georgia athlete Avery Stewart is coming in town this weekend. So uh, make sure y'all are following Zach because he he's really he's really got his his. Uh, his nose in all of this right now because there's yeah. there's a lot to keep up with um but at the tip of the iceberg some really talented guys kentucky's bringing on campus yeah it's recruiting spreadsheet season for sure i've been loading it up here um yeah there's a lot of a lot of interesting things um, i'm very interested to see what they do at quarterback here nick obviously i think it's on to probably 2024 you're gonna get a portal guy after the season um, yeah. but seeing how gangarillo goes about that and then Yenzer, Nick, if you're kind of looking at these offensive line targets and these offers he's issuing out, I mean, there's nobody shorter 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and there's a lot of 6'7", six, 6'8", six, cats. Like the kid, the uh, commitment from Madison Central, Malachi, Malachi Wood. Malachi Wood. I mean, there's a lot of guys. That's, that, that seems to be kind of their um, their profile, their build. And then some of these maulers that from the past, UK would get 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". Those – that, that – that type might be out right now. They may be looking for more length, more size, and that would hopefully equal more athleticism to kind of run the scheme they want to run. Well, again, I want to break free quickly because you brought up quarterbacks. And let me tell you about how sick and tired of I'm, I am already of hearing about the $8 million man, Nico Iamola Malova, or however you Nick, say it. Nick, Nico Iamolivina. Iamolivina, Tennessee. I just can't stay. I, it's like – Tennessee can't be more obnoxious. They can't be more blatant with their nil throwing their bags around. They basically got the athletic on speed dial to brag about how much money their alums are spending on players. And I just can't wait for them to suck. Like, I, just, I want them to suck so much. I want them to have two win seasons from here on out because they're, they're just a bunch of losers, and I can't stand it. I cannot stand them for one freaking second. Yeah, it was um, – they're not hiding from pay for play. God. They're pretty much admitting it, they're doing that. It just what also makes me mad too, like it is all of these freaking media honks who are just like, Oh, can you believe so many people are paying money for players? Yes, it's been happening <laughs> as long as football has been played. You idiots, why are yeah. you making this such a big damn deal? It drives yeah. me nuts. I can't stand it. And I, I, I just like, and then we get, I mean, even our guy Jeremy Crabtree from one three interviewed some coach, uh, like he did like anonymous coaches react to. Uh, re re reacted to the news and they were like, it's completely changed the game. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, they've been paying players forever. Like, this is not a bit, like, we're not reinventing the wheel. It's just legal now. Okay. We're finding legal loopholes. Yeah. I will say it's probably, um, yeah, you're right, but it has probably kicked more in the overdrive a little bit. It's more organized. It it's more, it's much right. more. Um, hyper focused. It's, and it's now it's now it's organized crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and also I think part of it too is we're gonna see, uh, like, there will be a nil bubble where we're going to find unintended consequences from these contracts that aren't really contracts. So it's 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 the part of this where it's getting into experimental phase, and I just I just pray if there mm -hmm. is a god above, this will bite Tennessee right in the ass, just right in the ass. Yeah, I mean, um, Tennessee obviously wants to be good, really good. Best way to do that is be good at quarterback. They've got obviously a play caller with track track record. They could sell that on. Um, if you dig into it a little bit, it sounded like that Nico was leaning Oregon. Tennessee got whiff of that and then got all that together, and now he's at Tennessee. Um, so we'll see um, how that sticks and how that kid plays as a senior to see if he, you know, because those rankings fluctuate a lot obviously um so yeah very interesting times but like my my whole take on the nil is you either got to get with it or get lost man this is mm -hmm. just the world we're in yep adapt evolve do that or get your ass beat i mean that's your that's your decisions because everybody else is doing it don't fight it embrace it right that's the world we live in now
Um, and so I think Kentucky's done a good job with all that. And obviously Tennessee is going all in here. Um, but what if that quarterback doesn't work out? You know, there's a, it's not just, it's not just do this and you're good. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Um, so very interesting. And Nick, that, that Tennessee thing ties into another, um, that gives them momentum off season momentum, obviously. And man, they're going to be the unanimous number two pick God, in the SEC East disgusting. immediately. And they are going to get first place votes. And like by the time we get to August, we're gonna they're gonna we're gonna thank Hendon. A lot of people are gonna talk themselves into Hendon Hooker. Winning Can he do a Sean Watson like run at Tennessee? <laughs> Just uh, you, yeah, you mark it down here on March twenty fourth. That's what we're gonna hear on August fifteenth. So just just get ready for it. It's uh, the the media days when they're there is just gonna be. It's gonna be a suck fest. I'm gonna yeah. It's gonna be of it. It's gonna be gonna be uh, on leave and just cackling at me with steam rolling out of my ears. Gonna (laughs) yeah. Just get just get ready for for yeah. Unfortunately, a little luck it's coming in the world, so I won't be able be there. But it's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, just get ready for just get ready for that. All right, before we go, I do want to ask you. Um, because this has been NFL free agency has been just uh, for lack of a better term, batshit crazy. It's been nutty. (laughs) It's been nuttier than a payday. Uh, What's your favorite move of NFL free agency? Maybe not the most surprising, like, because there have been like the, the, the Tyree kill that seemingly came out of nowhere. What do you think is the, what do you think is the best move? Who do you, who do you think is the biggest, not biggest winner, but what what do you think is the best fit for the new guy at their new home? Ooh, that's an interesting question. You know, obviously, like, I, I love what my Bengals did. You love Lyle Collins. Um, like, from – like, that makes the Chiefs weaker in the short term, right? But in the long term, it, it's it's getting draft capital and not wasting your money on Right, but in this next thing. two to – yeah, right. But in this two, three-year window when everyone else in the AFC is kind of loaded up. Yeah. I mean, they, they're kind of taking a back seat here. Not a total back seat. They got my homes. They could go on a run, but – but they ain't hosting – they aren't cakewalking to four straight AFC – like a fifth and sixth straight hosting AFC championship. Like that streak's ended, right. The AFC championship streak is going to end. Yeah. Um, and maybe it might take them a little while. So that makes for – so for the where the Bengals are, I kind of like that because that was kind of the top dog. And now the top dog is taking a step back. Favorite overall move? That's – um, I don't know, man. That's a great question. I know it's it's kind of weird because they are in the same division, but I really like Russell Wilson and the Broncos because I've always felt like they're kind of like the Colts. Yeah. Where it's just like get a quarterback who can convert third downs and you're fine. And, hell, Matt Ryan I, I think actually is going to be a yeah, good Yeah, that's ending. a good one. The only problem, like, they, the AFC is just a gauntlet. Yeah. Like, and it, this was two years ago when the Colts had him. Like, they would be a legit – you know, kind of Super Bowl oh. threat. And I, I like just don't Tom Brady like, was just he looked around at his division was like, dude, I cannot walk away from. Yeah, the that's the, that, the biggest <laughs> winner in all of this is Brady. It, I mean, it's incredible. He comes back and then everybody just leaves the <laughs> NFC, and he's just sitting there like, okay. And he gets to bring his whole team back. Yeah, Fournette. They just lost one guy. Too. They lost Kappa to the Bengals. Other than that, they brought everybody back. They brought Godwin back. Getting Evans back, the expectation is Gronk is going to come back on a deal. They signed Carlton Davis, their best corner. He's back. Um, Jordan Whitehead left, so that's going to open up room for Mike Edwards. He might be a uh, – he was just a nickel player this past year. He's going to be probably a, a base safety. starter for them. Yeah. yeah for, so that's good for him. Um, he's getting close to a contract year. So, yeah, I would say the biggest winner would be Tom Brady for sure in the Bucks. I mean, they, they kind of almost played that perfect. Yeah, almost played it perfectly. Uh, but I'm sure we're by the time we record next week, there's going to be another crazy NFL free agency offseason move. That's just yeah. kind of how it's been. I um, feel but- for the um, – these two teams I feel for. Um, the Jets and the Jags, I think, got better here. Mm-hmm. But they're still so far behind everybody else. Like – they got maybe like a win better, even though they're spending millions of dollars on free agents. That's who I feel bad for. And I will say one I love. Um, okay. The Bills getting Von Miller. Yeah. Um, I think that's the missing piece for that's, them. Yeah, that is, that is a defense. total missing piece move. Now, he's a little older. I still think he's got some juice left. The deal they gave him is outrageous. Um, in three years, it's going to be a bad contract. 
Um, but right now, they've got it. These next two years, this is their window to go win it. They've got they've got a pass rush now. They've got one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Their two safeties are really good, and they've got Josh Allen and weapons on offense. That that would be, I would say, that would be like, I think the best immediate move was that. I think he'll have a real big impact on them this year. And I think you can make the argument though they should be the preseason favorite heading in. Oh man. It's just a real shame that your Bengals have to deal with Mitch 2.0. I mean, <laughs> oh, you better watch I yourself. He did the, he, he learned from Josh Allen. Now he's ready to rock and roll. Steelers did do some good things, I will say. Like Miles Jack, I thought that was a good pickup. Um they got a uh a James Daniels from the Bears that guard. He'll help solve a problem there. Losing Smith Schuster wasn't a big deal, so they're they're still going to be like that eight nine win yeah. territory. Yeah, I know. Even though that like the Chiefs did lose Hill, they got Juju. They have uh, Gordon. They need back. to get. Yeah, they just they need to get. Uh, Tyreek's just the ultimate field tilter though, because you have to play them such a certain way. Ha- and you're Harlan's so scared. Pretty damn good them. though, you know. Like, yeah, but not like that. They need like a vert like a big time vertical threat. I think that's really what they're going to be kind of looking for in the draft. Um, oh, but they still like got Mahomes and Reed. They, they have a few receivers to choose from. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to cry. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and cry for them. They're going to be just fine. I mean, it would be a real shame, though, if, like – I mean, the Chiefs will be back. But, like, if they look back on this and got one Super Bowl after four, hosting four AFC championships – That's the be, other thing, too. They hosted all of them, too. I know. It'll be a lot like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Like, oh, you had all of this yeah, field advantage. To me, he's the biggest loser in all this. Um, because now it, it feels like they're, they they missed their window. Like the, the previous three years was their window, mm-hmm. and now they miss it. Because now he's going to have to throw to a bunch of rookie receivers. Um, their defense is in – you know, they're, they're still going to be good, but it's just are they oh, – can Zedarius, they beat the Bucks or the Rams right Zedarius now? Zedarius turned down so. the Ravens just so he could sack Aaron Rodgers with the Vikings. I freaking yeah. love it. Oh, man. Good for him. He, he, also he pulled got out and got a bigger work. payday. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, but – Man, uh, actually, I'm gonna have to just get a Zadarius purple jersey just to shove it in TJ's face. He's the most obnoxious. Yeah, guy. that's one thing. Good thing for the Packers, though their their division's not very good right now. So it's it's, it's like him, Brady and Rodgers. They're they're gonna get to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna. You feel good about those in the Rams? Those three are gonna be, you know, safe bet. Those three of the top four seeds in the playoffs. Um, Man, NFL, but, no off season. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, look at yeah. I they've kind you- of uh, they've kind of uh, taken over here. It's been pretty cool. I'm, I mean, obviously my team's good, so it's different. But no, this is the most excited I've been about like NFL offseason ever. But you know, well, I, I hope you day. get excited. I hope you win some bets tonight. I hope Coach K is a sore loser. Yeah, I think uh, Texas Tech is gonna romp Duke. I've just got a feeling Duke's defense has been bad. I hope you're right. I didn't like go heavy on them because I don't want to like be sad that Duke won and lose a lot of money. But you bet your sweet <laughs> yeah. ass. I'm like I've got to bet against Coach K on the way out. It's like it's almost like when you have the winning Kentucky mm-hmm. Derby ticket, you want to hold right. you want to have that American Pharaoh triple crown ticket. I want to have the Coach K lost his last I got I got the Coach K losing his last game at Cameron Indoor ticket. I nailed that one. So um, are we sure this is his last year? Like what is stopping him from coming back? Um, I mean, would it surprise you if he just like went to one year off and came back? (laughs) Hey, John, scoot over. I'm coming back. I love the, uh, he had a quote like, you know, we didn't, I feel for the guys that have all this pressure on my last year. It's not like we put it on them or anything. And you have it was the, literally the the hot dog costume. Oh, yeah. It's the perfect hot dog costume guy. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, me. Oh, my. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to talk a little bit more football. I will uh, give you all a fair warning. We're husbands of teachers, so we're going to take a little bit of a, 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 a vacation south before the spring game, but we're going to be – Well, like it's we'll going to be get a pro a, day. Well, let's pre-record it. We'll try to pre-record one, yeah, maybe yeah, a 30-minute we'll, we'll, one or something for a preview. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll definitely have a spring pre- spring game preview locked and loaded, ready to go, along with plenty of coverage of leading up to that spring game on the ninth. But, you know, we'll, you know, those posts will be going live while we're, you know, it's Bud Light time on the beach. Yeah, uh, I'll be so. on the I'll be on the course. Yeah, for yeah sure. exactly. Well, um, like it. It's been good. It's been great. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I'm Nick Roush. I'm Adam Until next, 11 personnel. Go Cats and go Kroger.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.